Today's episode is brought to you by Diane Kinlaw of Go Prime Mortgage and Jamie Tulak of EXP Realty. What's what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. What are we doing with this prime time of having these beautiful kids and our young family? It's gonna go by so fast. And we're, we're going to miss it. And I just started crying to my husband. And I said, I just can't sit around anymore and just wait for him to die. Because at that point in the cancer roller coaster, we felt like that's all we were doing. It was all in the Lord's hand and it was in the doctor's hands. For the next two weeks, we really thought about what, what are we going to do so that we can take advantage of this time with our kids? Three months later, that's when I got into real estate. It was, we'll say, nice of my job to let me go. Well, technically, they were moving to the West Coast and didn't invite me to come, which is okay. (laughs) We'll say it that way if you want. I realized that I love, like, I love my five kids, but I am a much better mom when I have an opportunity to nurture that creative, innovative entrepreneur from within. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. I am Jenny. I am Sarah Madras. This is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. We have Maylani Hawk from Why Not Me Airbnb. Welcome, Maylani. Thanks, guys. I'm glad to be here. When we met you a few weeks ago, I was like, we have to have her on the show. Your business intrigues the hell out of me. Oh, my gosh. When I met you guys, I was like, these are my kind of people, and I, I love it. Yep. So thanks for having me. So, so let's jump in, girl. Tell us about right. this business, because I was like, what is this business model? Airbnbs, and you're making money off of other people's houses? What? You I guys, know. it is the best. When I set up, when I was setting up my table at the conference, I was like, why is there an Airbnb? Like, what is that? <laughs> well, and, and when I'm at those conferences, it. people are always like, you work for Airbnb? I'm like, no, no, I actually don't represent Airbnb. Just a little, I mean, my background, I guess, if that's okay, like yes, to ma'am. kind of get us up to that point is that I, I used to flip houses for five, six years and really enjoyed it for a long time and was making good money. I was selling houses and with multiple offers within the first two days. And it was just, it was awesome. It was great. It was everything HGTV said it would be. Well, not really, because that's not at all true. But um, then I got to the point that it was like, okay, no, no, the different things were happening that there was a drive-by shooting on one of my properties the week that it was supposed to be listed. And then I had a... a that a, drops the value. Yeah, right. right. It drops the value and uh, extends the listing done. time. It was a number of things. But then I was in a, a lawsuit with one of my contractors who I loved. Like, I loved this man. Like, we had worked together a lot, but then, like, things changed. And that put a few of our properties on a hold that we weren't allowed to do anything with them. And I, I started to have a burnout. And right. I just was like, this is not bringing me joy anymore. And maybe a little later we'll get into like even how I got into real estate also but I knew I wanted to stay in real estate because it's it's what I love and I knew that I could make money in but everybody at at all the events I was going to in real estate people would start to talk about Airbnb as like this new little sexy niche in Airbnb I was like I've got to get a piece of that Mm -hmm. and when we started it was we started with one property and realized that we could make two to four times sometimes even two to five times more as a short-term rental than we were as a regular long-term rental. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, okay, there's so much margin here that yes, let's first off, let's turn all of our traditional rentals into short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. 
but then also like I, I could, there's enough margin that what if I use other people's properties? So sometimes I'm making more than my landlord does, but I don't have to deal with any of the stupid stuff like broken air conditionings right. or leaks in the roof or whatever. And so we really, when we decided, okay, well, let's, let's open this branch of our real estate business. Let's, let's use other people's property so we can scale so much faster. You're not having to use a security deposit to put on a house. You're all that sort of things. There's so many reasons why it's really awesome using other people's property. You're going to have to explain that one to me. Cause okay. what do you mean using other people's property? Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So there's two different ways that I do it. Okay. Um, one is I love studying real estate. So mm-hmm. they always talk about how, oh, you know what? get a job, make money, and then invest in uh, rental. You earn extra passive income, money that comes while you're sleeping, right? Totally. When I was just a regular, when I was a regular landlord, we'll call it, my husband's like, I don't want you going to Durham to collect checks anymore. Totally, like, right. That's yeah. not yeah. allowed yes. anymore. So yes. you get a, you get a regular property manager and you usually pay them about uh, 10%, we'll say. So, it's, it, and that varies anywhere right. from eight to 12, but let's say yep. 10%. I got 90, they got 10. One of the ways that you can use other people's property is you are just a short-term rental property manager. Gotcha. And, but you can charge more than 10% depending on what you're doing. We call that the co-host model. Okay. Or the short-term property manager model, depending on how much you are doing for your landlord, for your client over at the beach, it's a 50, 50 split Mm -hmm. on all profits. You can do really well, but also I love the co-hosting model because this is still the landlord's property. It's so they're paying the mortgage or whatever, but also I have them pay the utilities. I have them even usually pay for the furniture. Mm -hmm. So you can really start doing this for zero, zero dollars. It takes your time to actually help stage the property. But other than that, it's their money to get started. Now I will say just a little side note on that is that if you don't have money, and then I recommend going that way. If you do have a little money, I do like you to get the furniture because that makes the landlord stay with you longer. Right. It just hooks them in so that they're not going to break their contract as fast, which I, I haven't had anybody break my co-hosting contracts. But I think one of the reasons is they're like, oh, well, then I'll have to get new furniture and then I'll have to get new pictures. And it's already set up like this. So one of the ways to keep your co-hosting clients happy and long-term is to buy the furniture yourself. So if gotcha. you have the funds to do it, I recommend doing that. Gotcha. Now, the other way is- Are you what, then in charge of finding the people to go into? Like to- Yeah, but part of your- like I'm in charge of that, but realistically Airbnb or whatever platform you do, they do it. Like right. people are like, are you also like doing SEO? Are you also doing, you know, marketing on your own? I'm like, no, like I am- where I want to be. I'm at 85% occupancy. I don't want to be higher than 85%. When I get to 93, I'm like, I'm not charging enough money. Mm -hmm. So I like to be in the 80 to 90% range. If I'm ever lower than that, then I reach back out to my previous tenants or guests and say, Hey, when are you coming? You know, so there's ways that you do that. I always tell my clients, my, my students, because I, I coach people on this off, yes. uh, also, I tell them to set up a drip campaign for every single guest that comes through the, your door. And when you invite them back, you have them to your own website. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like a, hey, I'm looking for an Airbnb or maybe you go to Marriott.com or whatever it is. I have my own booking site. So my repeat customers come directly to me so that they can look at any of my properties. Right. But then they're also saving on fees, which is nice. The, the second option is the arbitrage. Oh, I love it. You're so jazzed. <laughs> 
I know I, I geek out. You uh, are geeking out. I love I'm it. Totally geek out. <laughs> no, no, don't stop me, sir. Yeah. I've got more to say on Airbnb's. <laughs> no, the other more popular way of using other people's properties that I actually used, that when I started doing it was called the arbitrage model. And basically, all that is is you sign a six or a twelve month lease and then you sublet it out. You tell your landlord what you're doing, but then they get their check every single month. They that's all they want. Remember, like that's how we were taught of. Uh, get a job, make money, and then buy some rentals to build up your real estate portfolio. That's all they have ever been taught and all they want. And they are happy because we keep it clean. Mm -hmm. um, we barely use the appliances, you know. So when I get landlords that get it and they get it, they they send me their whole portfolio. As right. When they have another property come up, they say, hey, I don't want to put this on the market where it's going to sit for a month or two months or three months, depending on when it is. Or, right. Or the market. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, wait, wait, you can take the keys the day that it gets clean. I'm like, heck yeah, show me the pictures as long as it works with our numbers. Like if the numbers work, sometimes we'll make $500 on a property after we've paid all of our utilities, all of our rent. Sometimes we'll make $2,500 on a property. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll even make more than that on some of our larger properties. We started in two to three bedroom townhomes, but now going to 10 bedroom houses where they're luxury levels and we use them for corporate retreats. So those are the two different ways of using other people's property that I love. But then, okay, sorry. I know I'm, I'm, I'm cooling okay, it let down. Me, so okay. Let excited. me reel you back in for a second. Okay. Because when I in. think Airbnb, I think like, oh, I'm going to be in Asheville for the weekend. Let me stay here for three days. Right. But you're talking about like three months. Or yes. Three, okay. Well, no, no, no. Okay. I mean, some, both. Okay. Both. So yeah, what does short term mean? Okay, right. good, good question. Sorry, guys, I geeked out and I forgot to like reel it into the <laughs> basics. That's why we're I'm here. Like, I yeah. don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, so <laughs> totally my bad, guys. I apologize. And I should say, when I say Airbnb, that's like saying chapstick. Okay, I mean any platform. I mean VRBO. I mean HomeAway. I mean Bookings.com. But I say Airbnb because that's my main platform. But when I talk about an Airbnb, it's any short term rental, right? Which is technically in the industry anything less than ninety days. Okay. 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 So it could be one night. It could be seven nights. It could be three months. I've had foreign exchange students for five months, but the technical is under 90 days. And everything is furnished and everything is like walk-in ready to go. Yes. All the, you know, like There's you go to those. There's pots, pans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't like some, some of my students, they provide like a cereal in the cabinets and like milk and stuff so that they can actually have breakfast and stuff. But we just provide nuts and raisins and a trail mix because we say happy trails. Hope you enjoyed your stay. Oh, um, I love that branding. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. And then like water bottles, you know, coffee and, and creamer. But other than that, the cabinets are pretty much empty. Sometimes we'll provide salt and pepper and you know but, but anyways the basics when people picture like oh I'm gonna go to Asheville I'm gonna go they picture Airbnbs being like at the beach or these different I don't target vacation destinations I look for places that have an airport a university and a hospital mm -hmm. or two of those three okay so I'm not just looking for the romantic getaway cabins those are options which are great but that's not my main model if you see a hotel nearby People want to stay there. They Marriott, Hilton, whoever has paid a lot of money to do the research to know there is a need yep. for people to stay overnight here. Mm -hmm. And so I capitalize on their work and take advantage of it. And I look around those those areas. So when you're saying like hospitals and universities and stuff, so, you know, we do have in the triangle, yeah. like some major research universities. Have you connected with the hospital centers there with the discharge planners and the patient advocates so that like families that are coming in from out of town, like those types of... 
people are looking for the short-term rentals too? Yeah. So that I'm going to geek out in a different way then. That's actually how, why we started. So rewind. I, I, I have five kids. All right. My oldest is 10 years old and they are my world. That is my why. It's why I do everything I do. And When my third child, I had a fourth that was seven weeks old at the time. And when my third child on his second birthday, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. And at that point, my whole world changed. At that point, I was working a nine to five job. I barely saw my kids, I felt like. And when I did, I got home. I was tired. I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the energy to be fun mommy like ever. And I was having these beautiful children bless my life, but I didn't have time to be the person and the mother I wanted to be. Right. And when he was diagnosed with cancer, we had to take a step back and think of, I remember when we were dating and we would talk about being entrepreneurs and we talked about being investors and we talked about owning our own business and all these things that we had talked about doing. But in life, you just fall into what you feel like is responsible. You feel like, you know, I've got to get a good job. And we fell into what everybody else was doing. And because that's what we, we wanted to take care of these these kids that were that we were being blessed with. When AJ was diagnosed with cancer, we really had to take a step back and think about what what's what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. What are we doing with this prime time of having these beautiful kids and our young family? It's going to go by so fast. And we're, we're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting at the breakfast table and I just started crying to my husband. And I said, I just can't sit around anymore and just wait for him to die. Because at that point in the cancer roller coaster, we felt like that's all we were doing. Like we could not do anything. Mm-hmm. We were just going where specialists told us to go. And we were trying to research on our own. But realistically, it was all in the Lord's hand and it was in the doctor's hands. For the next two weeks, we really thought about what what are we going to do so that we can take advantage of this time with our kids? Not just AJ, but the other ones also. Three months later, that's when I got into real estate. And I, it was, we'll say nice of my job to let me go. They said. It's <laughs> a very diplomatic right? way to put it. Well, technically they were moving to the West Coast and didn't invite me to come, which is okay. <laughs> we'll say it that way if you want. They even said, we want to give you more time. I mean, your family's going through crisis. We want to give you time. And I was like, thanks. Can you also give me money? Because exactly. I was going to give me my paycheck still too. Yeah. yeah. Like the health insurance. <laughs> Thanks for caring right. about me. But I really felt like, well, this is a whole nother tangent, guys, but just stick with me that I realized that I love, like, I love my five kids, but I am a much better mom when I have an opportunity to nurture that creative, innovative entrepreneur from within. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I didn't want to go back to a regular nine to five, but I did want to do something that it could still be me. It could still be a, a creative outlet for, then I find that I come home and I'm a better mommy. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, I believe you're preaching to the choir here. Okay. Yes. I'm amongst, yes. I'm amongst you're friends, amongst right? Like-minded people. Stay at home mommies that also run our businesses. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And it is a juggle, but I, it, I think it, it's, I, I love finding joy in my career, but also in my family life as well. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'll be honest. I can't even remember what the question was right now. What are we even we're talking rolling, about? We're rolling. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had said, have you connected with the hospitals? And yes. then you started rolling down that, okay. that so, road of like, hey, this I is was like, it doesn't even matter now. That story. Like, that like, I like, feel connected <laughs> to you right. now. <laughs> so, yeah. So when we, AJ, actually, you guys, 
I, I know. I'm say, like, how is AJ? AJ's doing awesome. In fact, I just we just had a checkup last month, and it's been over five years, and he's doing amazing. And when he was first diagnosed, they said if this would have happened ten years ago, he would have less than a ten percent chance. If it would have happened five years ago, maybe a twenty percent chance. But thanks to some amazing medical advances, um, advances yeah, and something called proton therapy instead of regular radiation is photon but this is called proton we had better odds but it was still like 40 percent. i was like oh well that's better but not you know great right but we just went for his checkup last month and they were like oh well that was so five years ago like your kid's great like you had proton <laughs> therapy i was like oh my gosh like we've <laughs> Thank now you for making it so five years ago that's <laughs> awesome like, he's great so no he's doing amazing i'm so grateful for proton therapy and so excited that we're actually getting one there when we started it was like there were like two in the nation and now saint jude's has one and now duke is getting one in that's 2021 awesome. so it's it's becoming the new mainstream especially um, for uh, head, any like brain or uh, spine type of cancer to attack that. So, so where were you? when? Oh, this? yes. Yeah. We had to go all the way down to Florida. I had a seven-week-old son at the mm-hmm. time, and then I also had my two other kids at the time. And so I was going down for three months to live in Jacksonville, Florida with my, with AJ. And when my other kids would come visit, we were so grateful for the Ronald McDonald House. It's, it's, it's a special, sacred place because angels walk those halls Mm -hmm. and sorry you're fine (laughs) i love the mcdonald house and i'm so grateful when i think of all those amazing uh, my amazing team of nurses and everything but also i just wanted to be as a family especially at the holidays and I remember just being so sad that we couldn't all be together because in the Ronald McDonald house, there are special little kids walking around that if you bring any outside diseases, like yep. that's, that's yep. the game, you know? So, cause the Ronald McDonald house is not just for families visiting. It's for kids who are there for treatment. It's a wonderful charity and it's an amazing place, but you're right. Like it's not made for just the visitors. Yeah. And I- there are very limited resources for for folks in that realm. And that becomes your family. And just like you would kind of be like, uh, I just saw your friend come in with a sniffly nose. Like, you know what that does right. to my child You're right now. You're going to have to leave. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm going to have does to be mama bear. Yes. Yes. Hand sanitizer when you come through the yes. door. Yes. Here's your mask. <laughs> Go wash the hand washing station. We'll see um, you in 10 minutes. And that's why if you've ever, if you ever tried to volunteer at the Ronald McDonald house, they are so grateful, but there are strict rules. Yeah. I mean, they've got to protect those little angels that are walking those halls, but there, I wanted, I wanted to be with my family and my family's too big to fit in a hotel room comfortably and have that sit down feeling yeah. of let's just eat a meal together. So that's actually how we started and why we started is because we wanted a place that we could not just a hotel room, but we could have treatments and go to our treatments and feel like a home away from home with the kitchen, which with the dinner table that we could sit and we could play games at. We love staying in hotels, but there's also just something fun about having a house away from house, not Mm -hmm. just a home away from home, but a house away from house. So you have that set up. So yes, we do go into hospitals. We work with traveling nurses. We work with flight attendants. Sometimes we have high school like debate teams or soccer teams that are like, Hey, instead of getting hotel rooms for this competition, so smart. let's have, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you have a high school team of 10 boys but in some of our bigger houses. You're like, the security deposit just right. doubled. Yes. 
for you, my friend. Yes. Um, $10,000. Per head. <laughs> so like overall, like out of, out of our years, we've really only had one really bad party. People always are going to uh, ask, well, I hear about this. I hear about this. That's like saying that there's never been a bad thing happen at any hotel. Right. Like it happens. In fact, I'm reading Bill Marriott's biography right now. He was talking about, I can't remember what country it was in, but how hostages were taking, uh, taken in one of the Marriott's at the oh, time. that was in a movie. I, yeah. I was gonna, was it? Okay. So, <laughs> well, it, some people are like, oh, Airbnb, like they're not safe. And I'm like, those things happen at hotels, guys, totally. too. Yeah. Like it, it happens, you yeah. know, there are parties being thrown at hotels, right. you know. And, and has anyone watched The Hangover? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who knows? You may end up with Mike Tyson and a tiger in your hotel room. <laughs> and so there's things in place that help you protect yourself. You get a security deposit and by get a security deposit I mean Airbnb holds their credit card number and you have 14 days to make a claim that changes so check that whenever you listen to this so I I charge it back to them if there's a hole in the wall I charge it back to them if there's mm-hmm. whatever it is you know so there's yeah. different things in place to, to, to help protect you well, to protect yeah. you our title sponsors for this show are Diane Kinlaw and Jamie Tulak Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or wish to refinance, why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the triangle housing market better than the back of her hand? As your local lender, Diane Kinlaw knows how important this area is to you because it's her home too. That's why she's made it a goal not to just be the best loan officer around, but a community leader supporting small businesses with referrals and networking events and supporting local charities with frequent fundraisers. If you're looking to move to Holly Springs or the surrounding area, or maybe interested in a refinance to lower your term or rate, Diane offers a wide array of programs to fit your family's needs. Let her be a part of your path home. A home doesn't have to be a dream. Let Diane make it a reality. You can contact us at www.goprime.com and search for Diane or call 919-624-9541. GoPrime Mortgage Incorporated, company NMLS number 69551. Diane Kinlaw, NMLS number 1600777. GoPrime is an equal housing opportunity lender. Today's show sponsor, Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty, has a passion for serving clients and nearly a decade of industry experience as a top producing realtor and designer. Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty will help you reach your real estate goals. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or renting in today's market, having an experienced real estate expert working for you is crucial. And don't forget to ask her about her hometown heroes credit for military, police, firefighters, teachers, and medical providers. Contact Jamie Tulak today at 559-707-1913. That's 559-707-1913. MRP certified. As an entrepreneur and as a parent and as a female, there's lots of expectations outside. How do you manage your mindset and what are some of your mental blocks that have tripped you up? Mm. I would say being a woman in the real estate industry, especially when I was building new construction homes, this is so silly that I, I, I like love it, but it also like irks me that I'd have contracts coming up to my husband, like the five minutes that my husband walks onto a job and they walk over to him and ask questions. And I'm like, uh, and my husband would be like, I don't know, ask her. Like, I have no idea. Like, I work Did a you desk see job. I just walked up here. Like, yeah. you've never met me before. I was right? going to say, like, I've been there for like four hours. And then they walk right over to my husband as soon as he shows up to like bring me lunch or something. Like, I love the look of the men when I start talking that. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't just say the men. I love any, any of my contractors, any of whatever. Or I love speaking at real estate conferences uh, or investing conferences. 
but I'm the only woman on stage sometimes. And it's like, ah, like, come on women. Like we got this, like, let's get our, let's get in this game. Like you can be investing your money, no matter what you do, no matter what your husband does, no matter what you can be saving money and you should be investing it somehow. So let's get in the game and let's not just say, oh, my husband handles that. Like you have stuff that you can contribute to the investment portfolio. Yep. And yep. I love that Airbnb provides that. I love that. I have a lot, a lot of my students are like stay at home moms that are like, Oh, my son went to kindergarten. What am I like? My kids are gone. Yep. Like, what should I do with my extra time? And I'm like, become an Airbnb host. It's so awesome because you can do so much of it. When I set up a property, my goal is to only go back once a year. Other than that, it's my cleaning team and it's my maintenance guy. Mm -hmm. Everything else I can do from the soccer games. I can do from wherever. But you also get to feed if you like staging houses. If you like, sometimes we'll, if we have somebody visiting from like a cool place, we'll invite them over for dinner to our house. Like we had this family mm -hmm. over from Russia that they were staying in one of our places for like three weeks. And we had them come over and like talk about Russia with the kids and stuff. And oh my gosh, it was That's awesome kind of one of the most awkward dinners of my life because their English wasn't so great, but like, but I, but I loved when my kids were being exposed to that as well, right. you know? So I love that you get to control how much you want. Like when I was younger, I used to think it would be like cool to open it like an actual bed and breakfast, but I'm like, wait, but then I have to wake up and like actually make breakfast for those people every single you morning. You have to wash sheets and yes. towels and clean yes. bathrooms. That and sounds terrible. Guys, you do not need to do that as an Airbnb host. You hire somebody who loves to clean house who that's how they want to make money and they do it really well and then when you have a little extra time and if you want your kids to get a little culture then you see who's <laughs> you interesting staying at your <laughs> properties you they look at their profile and make sure they're not crazy and then and then you invite them over so it's like uh, you get to control so much of it and maybe I'm a little bit of a control freak maybe it was you know I'm like I think you have to be with five children right. and like or at least organized organized yeah, yeah. like yes. you're hyper organized and you're oh that's nice of you. Um. <laughs> I mean, I get it because like, I'm one of those people that write that like, everybody's like, oh my God, you've got to be so organized and you do so much. And I'm like, but I just live my life, right? Yeah. Like you get to that point where you just wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, this is what I have to do today. I'm going to go visit Sarah and Jenny and record a podcast today in the midst of whatever else. You know, yeah. Like, and you just know that you have to you've get got it a system. done and yeah. you have a system. So it fits in. Yeah. But, but it's also because you have that team that you built around yeah. you of contractors and people and vendors that you trust. Yeah. Right. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what's it like as a woman leader yeah. right, in this entrepreneurial world to build that team? Yeah. Well, one of the other things that I geek out about, this might be shocking. When we were going through cancer treatments, a few of my friends, like, you don't know what to say to a friend in that situation. No, right. And love them and so grateful for them. But I really distinctly remember one of my friends coming and say, is it just hard to get out of bed in the morning? Do you just sit there and think, why me? Like, why our family? And I really thought about that with my husband that night and we talked about it. And I said, I don't, I don't feel like we do because instead we took it almost as a challenge. Like instead of thinking, why me? We think, why not me? Like some higher power believes in us and as our, uh, us as a family to get through this trial together. So it's almost more of like a challenge, like bring it on, like why not me? And so that's where the why not me comes from. And so instead of sitting back and think, oh, why me? But think, why not me? Like raise up and start turning your trials into triumphs. And so we started, when I started, it was why not me B&B &B? and focusing on opening and getting into investing using 
renting Airbnb. But then we started getting into teaching kids how to invest and how to understand money. And then we started getting into uh, talking about the organization. I, I have a course on why not me mindset about, but also a why not me time management to really, there are tools and it's not... I, one of my little pet peeves is when people say, how do you find the time to do all that? Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yes. I don't find it. I make it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I make the time to do this. And, and, and like, I don't really like get angry or anything, but it's like, they think it's just like, oh, you're so lucky that you find the time to do it. And I'm like, no. no, like my hackles go up for that. Oh, I didn't have time to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, that is not it. You did not create the opportunity. Exactly. Like Man, you got to take some ownership. Prioritize you just else. have to prioritize something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you prioritize your time differently. Never tell me you don't have the time. Because yes. then I'm like, you know, I'm all ready to fight. I am so grateful that as women that, or, and men, I love men. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Shout we, out. we each have our own things. So it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm better because this is what my thing is. Like I just came from working for two hours in my kid's school, which I like never do. Like my kids were like, you're like coming to our school. I was like, all right, let's be chill. Like, let's not act like this is the first time ever. Of course it's been a while, but I looked at the other mom that she's volunteered there like four times this week. And no, I'm so, why? Oh my goodness. But Bless you know her. What? Bless, Bless her. her. Because that is so draining. It is not Life my thing. duty no. exhausts me y'all. Yes. And That's 30 minutes. Oh yeah. Right. But she is so good mm-hmm. at it and she it like brings her joy. The joy that I find oh, in good. what I do, it find it brings her joy. We're and so I, that makes me feel like better. Yes. I was in a suffering state for her. Right. Like imagining four days of volunteering. Oh. Yes. <laughs> like I But it mm. that's good well, that yeah, it brings that her joy. Yeah, it does. And that's the thing. If it brings you joy and you know how to play to your strengths and you know where to ask for help, which goes yeah. back to like, how do you build that team of trusted. But to be honest, this is uh, one of my other roadblocks though also is because when I, when I started my business, you know, and I, I wrote out my core values and I wrote out my mission statement, I wanted to still be, uh, I'm a very religious person and I wanted to still be an example of for whatever, whatever that is for you. I don't want to offend anyone, but for me, I wanted to be an example of Christ in all times. And that was really hard sometimes because I was working with contractors that it's not exactly church, we'll say, on a job tr- job site. <laughs> you um, mean you don't like their language? <laughs> it's about? very flavorful. Like you had to take a bath oh, afterwards. Flavorful. <laughs> um, or just different things like that. But also, I wanted to trust people. I, you know, as a Christian, I wanted to trust people. And then they would take that trust and they would like crumple it up and stomp on it and like, take me to court, you know, and I realized rebound from that though. Oh gosh. It, I went into a little, I don't know if you want to call it a breakdown or a depression or what, but it took me six months, the last six months of the lawsuit that went on for a long time. There's been a couple lawsuits, but, um, six months of the lawsuit that this was somebody who I had thought I had built up a team. Like Jenny said, like I had built up people I had trusted and we had tested them and we trained them and we thought we had this good relationship. But then I found myself in court with this person. I felt like we were having like a divorce and it just broke my heart. Mm -hmm. It really broke my heart anyway. So, so that's, that's one thing that I have struggled with, but I realized it all comes back to, it's basically, I talk about this, like even with the cleaning ladies, like sometimes my students will be like, well, I don't know that I don't have a good cleaning lady. I'm like, well, did you train them? Well, 
well, no, like they're cleaning. Like they know how to do it. Well, obviously they don't because they're right. not doing it up to your standards. Right. So they're not going to do what you want unless you tell them unless what you, you want. Them. Yes. Right. You know, yes. and show and, them. And you yes. know, sometimes that means standing side by side or whatever it is mm-hmm. yeah. to get to, to build that relationship. Yeah. So in building good leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And building my team, it, it's, it's definitely like taking the time to set up the foundation so they know the expectations and I create contracts for everything. I have a, I have a contract with, I recommend, if you're becoming an Airbnb host, you need a contract with your cleaning lady or your cleaning team. You need a contract with your maintenance with anybody man. you're doing business with. Anyone Correct. you're doing business yes. with. It, you know, it's just to protect you and to make sure that, you know, if... It's about managing expectations. Yeah. So that you know what is expected of you and they know what is expected of them and how you can, how you're going to remediate that if there isn't, if there is a conflict or an issue. Yeah, exactly. So setting up expectations, like you said, and also I've heard recently planning your divorce while you're still in love so that my cleaning team or whoever it is, I'm like, I don't know if I can get on board with that. (laughs) We call it a prenup. Would that be better? So, you know, my people who work for me know if you break these rules, it's not going to work out. Right. That, right. We, we just aren't yeah. compatible. Totally. So, it's yeah. explaining the boundaries ahead of time rather right. than waiting until somebody screws up and then getting angry that they cross the boundary. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. At the top of the show in our opening, we talk about the courage to speak up. What is something, a time in your life where you, it was difficult for you to find the courage to speak up? Ooh, Sarah has really good questions. We met because she was a moderator of my panel. And I looked at these questions. I was like, these are deep. These are good (laughs) questions. See, this is why we don't send them before the podcast. Exactly. Because you like the word, the truth, the raw. Can we count to four seconds? (laughs) Well, is it okay? Yeah, for the awkward time. If it's okay, I'm going to change the question a little bit, even though I just talked about how amazing your questions are. (laughs) I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or a lot of people know us as Mormons. Growing up in a working community where I don't drink alcohol, I don't smoke. I don't drink coffee. We don't have sex before we're married. You know, lots of things that out in the business world are like, wait, you what? You wait, 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 what? You know, and I get questions about that all the time. And I get a lot of, no, seriously, you just want one coffee, right? So I've, I've kind of gone through that for decades of having people kind of look at so I, I get an opportunity to speak up about mm-hmm. my my beliefs yep. and how important my family is and, you know, whatever. So I get, I get a chance to do that. But recently I was on a business trip and we were setting up some Airbnbs in a different state. And this partner that I was working with there, I learned a lot from him already in what we've worked with. And uh, I hope this makes sense. But so I've grown up over many years people looking at me being like, wait, what really? Well, for him, he is a veteran and he used to be in the special forces and really grateful for his service. And he is very passionate about always carrying a concealed weapon. Well, we went into a furniture store. We were going into, I had shopped around and find the place that we were going to get the furniture at the best discount. We had been to a few others and I was like, that's okay. I saved the best for last. These, this is going to have what we want, what we need. We're going to be out of here in two hours. We're going to be done. It's our numbers are going to work. We're going to make a lot of money together. It's going to be great. And we got to the door and there was a sign of no weapons Mm -hmm. allowed in Mm -hmm. this furniture store. And he said, well, I can't go in. And for, 
I think the first time in my life I was on the opposite end of you what? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like why? Wait, what, what, what? what? But this man, he was so, he said, I have defended this country with my life. And if they don't want me in there protecting them with the, the, the concealed, con- weapon. concealed mm-hmm. weapon, then, then I, I can't, I can't pay money to people who don't want me in there. And I was like, well, I don't know if that's what they mean. You know, right. like, there's so many other things, but I realized like this was his conviction. Yes. And I, for the first time in my life, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on the other end of this. But because my mind like couldn't comprehend, you're really not going to walk into this store. Like he he would not walk into the store. Like you don't have a safe in your trunk that you can just go deposit right. it for a but second. But he, like, he says, if you if anything happens in there, I want to be in there. And right. he's actually published papers about how most, uh, he says all, but I, I would say most of the mass shootings that have happened have all been in gun-free zones because they know that people can't defend themselves there. If something's going to happen, believe me, he you want this prepared. guy in there you know what I mean and if you so anyways it was just really interesting for me having many times in my in especially in my working life um going to dinners going to networking events where um I repeatedly say things like oh no I, I don't whatever it is yep, right yeah but the the tables were turned and I for the first time really was like I get it mm-hmm. I get it I get the confusion of um not of like listening to somebody who really wanted to share what their beliefs and his convictions. And it was so good for me to understand that my convictions are what they are. His convictions are what they are. They're not at all this, you know, the same. We have a lot of difference. In fact, him later that night could not believe, could not believe like after our long day, like serious, you really need a drink. Right. Like five you, do not you don't have a glass of wine. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> yes. I get it all the time. And so like, even in the same day, it was like, Hey, and I even said to him, Hey, I, I didn't make you. Yep, I didn't make you go to the furniture store. <laughs> I didn't make you compromise <laughs> yours. Don't make me compromise mine. Yeah. So anyways, I know that that didn't really answer your question, but it was a good reminder to me that no matter what our beliefs are, whatever. And, you know, we talked about the, the mom that was volunteering four times this week. We, I looked at, I looked at my son's first grade teacher and how she is so good at what she does. And I'm so grateful for women being good at what they love that, whatever their convictions are, like letting them stand up for what they believe in their convictions, but embracing that. And it gave me a chance. At first I did not understand what his basis was, but it gave me a chance to open my mind to that Mm -hmm. also. So, well, honestly, it's a perfect example of a lesson in empathy. Yeah. Right. Because before, you know, you're, you don't agree with him and his beliefs. You don't share that belief, but you can share the emotion underneath that experience Yeah, of like, oh, I have felt that way before in my life when people look at me and go, huh? Yeah. And it was your first time of being able to have that empathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I did start thinking about it like, well, I don't know, maybe I should care about that. Like maybe, I don't know, you know, and so <laughs> I went into the DMV yesterday and they had a sign. I'm like, I wonder how he gets his driver's license. Like, I, I, I don't know, like, you know, so it just, right. it opened in my mind and I, I'm grateful. I guess that's, that's my answer to your question, even if, though it's not at all your answer to your question, but I love it when people speak up for their convictions and don't be afraid of like doing it in a nice way because I learned something that day mm-hmm. and I, yeah, and so I'm grateful for that. Well, and I think it also speaks to like one of the major things of womanhood, right? And of momhood is this culture, counterculture, 
wine me. Oh, it's time for wine. Or I have kids, yeah. so I drink. Mm-hmm. And then there's the set of people with those convictions and those beliefs or who are dealing with recovery or habit transformation, whatever you want to call it, that are not drinking by choice. And look, you can live without alcohol. <laughs> yes, like it's, yes, but we put millions such, of people in the world that do. I, right. And yes. we put such pressure on moms, on women, on especially working moms yeah. to like fit into these little boxes of, of things that we can understand. I appreciate that you shared that role reversal, yeah. right? That it was like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, Is that what you all feel start? when you, right? you look at me and I'm not drinking? No, <laughs> not at all. No, 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 no. Like, oh, you cool. do you, boo. You That's, you. come on. You do you. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it. Great story. Thank you for sharing that. So we're getting near the end and I'm going to rapid fire you. Oh, bring it on. Are you ready? Yes. What is your favorite place in the world? Oh, my house. Okay. Is that so boring? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's my bed. It's, you know, uh, the bathroom no, where I close the door. And my house, bed. my couch with all my kids. Yep. Okay. Finish this sentence. If I wasn't doing blank, I would be a blank. If I wasn't being a coach for Airbnb hosts and being an Airbnb host, I would be a blogger. Okay. Ooh. What's keeping you from being a blogger? Well, I do kind of blog, but it's not like my full-time gig. All right. But I love writing. Potential. Yeah. (laughs) What is the first thing you do in the morning? That's why this is rapid fire. Uh, I I go to the bathroom and then I go work out. (laughs) What is something no one knows about you? Oh, (laughs) well, how do I answer that in one word? (laughs) What answer? What what, what, what is a secret? A a secret. secret. Okay, guys. Are you ready for a secret? It's yes. so not one word though. <laughs> it's fine. You're trying to wrap it doesn't up. have to be one word. <laughs> okay, guys, it's my most embarrassing moment ever. Okay, so oh, back in the day where I was working from home and my husband was working out of the home, I went through this phase where I was like uber domestic wife and would make him lunch. I would try to make him lunch to send each day. And I started, I got like this pack of like, 365 notes to like, like notes, yes. right? Love and letters. You, yeah. Little Aww. love letters. So it made it really easy to just put a little love letter in his, in his thing. And so he went to lunch that day. Great. The next day, um, one of my kids was going to a play date. And so I was like, couldn't find a lunchbox. And so I sent daddy's lunchbox. And later that night I got a text from the dad <laughs> of where my son had gone to the play date. Oh, I'm dying. And was it a frisky note? Guys, <laughs> it did talk about playing a certain kind of poker, we'll say. <laughs> and this dad called, like texted me a picture of it. And he's like, well, I'm kind of busy tonight. I don't think I can play. <laughs> He's like, but let's let's find another time that we can hang out. And he like like uh, with like dying right. laughing emojis next to oh it. And I was like, god. oh my gosh, I'm never gonna be able to. He's, you can't ever play at that family's house again. Like, We're moving. The, I can't yes, see them ever again. The fact that it was the dad too. Like, oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. Oh, so, so good. I don't share that with a lot of people. That's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you for, you for feeling safe to share yeah, here. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Uh, 
Alrighty, tell us what is next for you and how can people get in touch with you and connect with you? Oh my gosh, so much is going on. We're starting a, a podcast, Why Not Me Academy. I have a book coming out, but also I love, we've started doing retreats where we have Airbnb host retreats, but also power couple retreats. That's probably what I'm most excited about this upcoming year is power couple retreats because I love surrounding myself, whether that's a, a married couple or maybe it's a dating couple or maybe it's business, business partners. partners yeah. mm -hmm. But what Whatever that is, is getting in a room, not just I'm here to improve myself, but how are we going to sit down in this group of brainstorming, mind making the most out of the time. And so I really, I'm, I'm super pumped about our power couples retreats that, that we're starting to do here, but also internationally. So awesome. Yeah. So what's the date for the book drop? Yeah, the book drop is February 15th. Nice. So, yeah. Yay. Thank you. Congrats. Is the pre-order up on you. anywhere? Yes. It will be by the time you hear this. Yes, <laughs> it will be. <laughs> at any point at which you hear this, the pre-order or the, yes. you may order the book on Amazon. What's yes. the book called? But yeah, um, definitely visit MeilaniHawk.com or WhyNotMeBnB.com to find out more about what's going on and all the stuff we've got going on. But I, or reach out to me on Facebook. I like, I like, or LinkedIn. Or LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Since these guys are LinkedIners. <laughs> I actually just was working on my LinkedIn profile yesterday and I saw that I have not updated it in six years. Wow. Good for you. So I'm, I'm starting to do LinkedIn, guys. I was in that boat a year ago. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's easy to get over that hump. And guys, Guys, I realized that for a while I've been posting Instagram stories. That's how social media and <laughs> uncool I am as of four months ago. But now I'm starting to actually make real posts so you can still see what I did on Instagram. Well, awesome. You know you can save the stories, right? You can archive I them. I didn't at the time. Well, and so <laughs> <laughs> yes. We can do a little lesson after okay, this. We can go through the highlight reel. Guys, I know a lot more about Airbnb and real estate investing than I do about social media. It's all good. <laughs> Hopefully. It's all good. Love. Love it, love it. Well, thank you so much for coming in. We loved having you. Y'all definitely check her out. She is awesome, fun. Like, we just have a good time together. Yes. She's somebody that you want to hang out with and yep. have as a girlfriend. So. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. So, um, thank you again, Melani, for joining us. I am Jenny. I am Sarah Madras. And you do you, boo. Till next time. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 